Welcome to Words of Wisdom. On this podcast, we interview some of the most influential people in the world to uncover how they became the best so that we can help you understand how you can become the best. What's up, everybody? Grant Wise here. Welcome to Words of Wisdom. I am so excited for our interview today. I got the one and only Mrs. Veronica Figueroa, who is one of my favorite people on planet Earth. She is a boss, and I am so excited to have a conversation today uh, with her and help you understand how she became that. So, Veronica, thank you so much for being on the show with me. Thanks for having me, Grant, and you're so sweet for those kind words. I'm honored, and I'm a fan of yours, your work, and what you put out. So, just loving this words of wisdom and what this is all about. So honored to be here. I love it. I love it. Well, let's start with your story. I know that, uh, you know, you've, you've accomplished a lot, but how did you get there? Tell us the story. Oh man, that could be a little loaded. Um, you know, I think it starts <laughs> from, you know, uh, my upbringing and where I'm at today. Obviously I wouldn't be here without my parents and what they taught me, the work ethic that they taught me, the support throughout the years, even through my failures and all the mistakes I've made in life, my family loving me unconditionally through every phase of my life, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think my, my desire and my pursuit to always get better. And um, I will say recently, I will say over the last five years, is just owning the fact that I had to take personal responsibility for, you know, life choices and, and, and that I could get out of whatever darkness I was in whenever I was in a dark moment um, and just being around really great people. So, I mean, what got me here? A lot of that. Um, but if it's, you know, real estate related, it was necessity, right? It was the need to be able to provide for my children and, you know, being divorced at the age of 25 is not the sexiest thing in life. And, you know, you start thinking, What's going to happen with that double income? You know, am I going to be a statistic? Am I going to, you know, be in poverty? Or am I going to make a choice to, you know, win and take care of my kids who were my North Star and always will be my North Star, um, even though they're grown now? Um, and, and just knowing that I just always had this fire in me that I would never settle, even when I was growing up in high school, even when I was, you know, a kid. I always wanted to just do something special. You know, I, I was always obnoxious. I was always overly confident, but I was always inclusive of people. I was the girl that would go up to someone who was, you know, sitting in a corner by themselves and introduce myself. Or if someone was being bullied, I'd stand up for them, even if I got beat up, you know? And, and I just, I, I reflect on that now. And I look back at where this journey really started. And it really did start when I was a little girl, you know, how I grew up, you know, having brothers and cousins that made me go through obstacle courses in order to hang out with them. So I just always had to fight for everything that I've, I've you know, had in life. And as silly as that might seem, it, it gave me a lot of grit and it taught me a lot about, you know, if I fell down, I had to get back up. If I fell down, I had to get back up. And you know, now that I'm old enough to look back and not close that chapter of my life before I used to block a lot of my youth out just because of some choices that I made. But I went through a healing process of, you know, acknowledging why as an adult, certain things would show up in my life. And um, it was a good friend of mine who, who taught me about that exercise. And, you know, I just gave that little girl a hug. And I just said, you know, you didn't know any better on certain things. 
And then the good things that you did do, which were, you know, like, again, that person who would help someone who was in need or that person who maybe was, you know, uh, different, that it was okay to be different, that it was okay to be daring. It was okay to not be liked. And, you know, now that I think about it, it's a lot of who I am today. And I had to give that young girl a hug. I had to remind her that it was okay and to love who I've become and who I was then. And, you know, that's really where it all started. Um, you know, I, I grew up with an amazing, you know, an amazing household. My parents did the best they could. They moved over from Puerto Rico to the States when my dad went into the military. Um, I was born in Germany. Uh, my dad did two terms in Germany. And, you know, so I was used to change. I was used to, you know, growing up in, in, in a community that, in the next, you know, year or two, they may not, it might not be the same community because my dad got orders and we were moving somewhere else. So we, Germany, Kansas, back to Germany, you know, and, and my family was my community. That was the one constant. Um, but I had to adapt really quickly. And I think that's why I'm able to adapt in the world that I live in and work in, in real estate. You and I both know each other through real estate with technology and all the things that happen in real estate. I'm able to pivot really quickly but I think it has a lot to do with where I came from and how I grew up in the military and how, you know, my parents taught me to, to pivot. Um, and I got to know a lot of, you know, people and, and I love diversity. I love inclusion. So I lived in places that no one looked like me, no one sounded like me. And if I lived in Germany, I wanted to learn their language. And if, you know, if there were any Hispanics, we wanted to let them know, oh, we're like you, you know, we should connect. And talk about our culture, because I learned that from my mom. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and throughout my life, I think about that now is all of that is where it really started, you know, that backstory. And then I saw my mom, she was an entrepreneur at every military base that my dad was at. She would open a little like Latino bodega and she would find the community of Hispanics and be like, hey, if I'm looking for these products, you might be looking for these products. And how do I charge you a nominal fee for this? You know, and she was just a, she was just a business owner. And, um, you know, and, and music was important to my parents. So my mom would turn that into a business. She would bring festivals. She would bring, at the time it was LP, you know, records. And, and you know, she would, she would travel to Chicago. She would travel to Atlanta, to Miami and get whatever was trending and bring it to these like, what I call like boondies like these, these military bases weren't always in the most, you know, metro areas. So she just made it happen, man. And um, I saw that growing up. So it was natural for me to learn from her. And then also natural for me to be uh, an entrepreneur because my mom, one thing I'll say is she could have given me things. And then they went through their ups and downs like any entrepreneur. It wasn't always perfect. I saw them lose it all too. But when I wanted a pair of sneakers and that's when Jordans were coming out and that's when, you know, everybody wanted to be cool. I mean, we were MC Hammer pants. I mean, I'm aging myself here, but like we wanted to have the best of the best. And mom was like, mm, you got to work for it. All right. Yeah, how much do those pants cost? How much do those shoes cost? This is how many hours you need to work at the store. This is what you need to do. And there were times where I had to work while my friends were hanging out and, you know, they're like, why and I was like this is what I what the way my parents you know this is their rules 
And I won't say that I always follow the rules because I'm not saying I was, I was a perfect child because I was not. I hit a phase of being a rebel, but, um, you know, my mom was really adamant that if you wanted something, you had to work for it. And I'm so grateful that she put me through that and she taught me that because I wouldn't have the mindset or the work ethics that I have today had it not been for that. And, um, you know, just kind of reflecting of when it all started, it really started in my upbringing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I applied that to everything, every single aspect of my life. And, you know, there were times where, you know, I slipped up many, many times and, you know, I, I had a bright future ahead of me. And, and then next thing you know, I'm 16 and pregnant. So a lot of times people are like, oh God, how did that come into the mix? You know, and, um, you know, it was just young mistakes that you make. And I, again, could have been a statistic. I just refused to. And I was like, all right. So I've heard, I've heard you say that a couple of times. What, what do you think it was for you that, um, you know, you've said it could have been a statistic. Um, what was it for you that was just that's a non-negotiable? We're not going down that path. We're going to, we're going to pursue something different. <laughs> what, what was it, it, it was you? just, you know, it was just the, the, the comments like, that's it. Your life is over. You're going to be on welfare. You're just another, you know, 16 and pregnant Puerto Rican girl, and you're going to live, you know, like, that's it. Like you've thrown your life away. And I, it just, it just played in my head over and over and over again. And I was like, fuck that. I'm sorry. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if it's a lot of curse, but I just want you to know like what I really felt in that moment. Yeah. I was like, no, no, I don't feel like that's what, what has to happen. Okay. Yes. I made a mistake. I'm young. <clears throat> it's going to be hard, but I, I should be able to overcome this. Mm-hmm. And if I can figure it out, <clears throat> I'm sorry, why can't I? And uh, I just kept on playing in my head. So every time I wanted to give up, every time I thought about, I looked around at my surroundings, um, it took a little bit. It took a few, like a year for me to realize like, well, actually it took months for me to look around. I was like, I don't want this. Yeah. There's a better way. And thank God I had supportive parents, but you know, they didn't, they didn't take care of me. They just, they said, we'll be here to support you, but um, you got to work and you're old enough to work. And I had my own place at 17. I, you know, I had my kid and he came to our own apartment, mine. And, you know, I just had to do what I had to do while still finishing school at the same time as everyone else and still doing everything. And I just, I just made it a, a commitment that I wasn't going to let that, I would say, challenge or unexpected life circumstance interfere with my future to the point where I was going to be what I was labeled. And um, I'm glad I didn't. So yeah, that has a lot to do with my, my, my story. I love it. I, one of the things I love about you is the grit and grind parts that you're talking about. You know, we've shared some stages together and, um, you know, I've always admired what you uh, and your husband as well have been able to build because you're one of the top performing uh, real estate teams in the, in the country. And, you know, you do things at the highest level. One, one of the things I've noticed about you is no matter what it is you're doing, you're doing it at the highest level. Oh, uh, thank you. What, what would you say, you know, even in the last uh, year, obviously, as you know, COVID hit and, and certain things happened. Do you feel like there was that parts for your, from your upbringing, up, upbringing, that pivot, you know, hey, we're going to pivot and we're going to move and we're going to do, you know, can you talk to me about your experience, you know, maybe through growing up 
how that prepared you for what happened in the last 12 to, to 15 months with, with COVID? I mean, how did you, from a mindset standpoint, walk me through that? How, how, what was that experience like for you? Well, I have to be honest and say that when COVID hit, obviously, like any, like everyone else, I freaked out. I mean, I had never been through a pandemic and, right. you know, I have coaches and, you know, my coach, John Cheplak and, yeah. you know, a lot of mentors that I have, I was like, what do we do? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's where John said, you know, now is when we, we show up as leaders. Yeah. Um, we show up as leaders and, and we, we do what leaders do during difficult times. And it's, it's what I did. I, I made sure that I was more present than ever. I made sure that I was going to lead by example. And instead of, you know, becoming a hermit crab, I went all in. I was like, I'm going to show up for my team. I'm going to show them what leaders do, how we're going to get through this. And we went from a casual once a week meeting. And, you know, of course, Slack was always something important to us to a every single day, morning huddle, like reminding ourselves we're going to get through this, getting, making sure we overcame the challenges with mental health, making sure that we did everything that we needed to do to be there for each other. And I think my, mo my main focus was to show up for the community that needed us more than ever. And I mean, it wasn't, yeah, of course, I think it had a lot to do with, you know, the years of, of what I had built prior uh, adding up, but I think there was always this imposter syndrome of like, am I really a leader? I've been called a thought leader. I've been called this, but what can I do during this difficult time to help people and um, not just my team? And I was all in. I was like, look, I don't think there's a playbook for this. So I'm just going to go all in. You know, we started Fire Fridays. We did Ride and Thrive. We launched Relaunch Live. We were on every single, you know, I would say, video podcast you can think of just letting people know that we're trying to navigate through this together. We launched Zillow Flex. I mean, we did so many things that I was like, nothing's going to stop us, not even a pandemic, as long as we have the control to, to take action. Um, yeah, and we had to adapt real quick. And it was scary. There was a moment where I had to, I had to take a step back and I told my family I needed a little bit of break. I needed a break. And I rented a condo on the beach. And at that time, obviously, it was frowned upon to go to any beach condo or Airbnb. But I found a lady who was willing to rent it to me for two months. And um, I told my family, I said, I need to get away. I, I don't know you guys right now. Because they were thinking the first few weeks that this was a vacation. And it kind of it really bothered me, it irritated me. And I'm on Zooms back to back, back to back. People, you know, you're on Inman, you're this, you're talking to everybody that, you know, are friends of the industry trying to just figure this out. And um, I kind of felt like they were like a little entitled. And I was like, Love is Blind had just came out. And I said to them, I feel like I need to go into one of those pods and get to know you guys again, because I don't know if I like you right now. <laughs> you know, I told my kids that and my husband. And, um, you know, I just said, I need, I need a break. I need some time. So I took about two weeks just for myself. I needed to be at the beach. The beach is my safe place. Every time I need to think, every time I've made a major decision in my life, I've always had to like retreat to some sort of like nature or uh, landscape or something that just connects me. It grounds me. And I just wanted to wake up and just smell the ocean and just think and meditate and slow down. And that's where I had to really just get clear 
and, and, and have some time for me, which I barely ever do because I'm always serving others. So that time I just I thought my husband and I were like, obviously having a little bit of uh, post COVID uh, trauma, like anyone else. And you know, that was going through this. A lot of people admit that it was hard. You're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa we're spending 24 hours a day together. Like we need some space here. So I did that and it was the best thing I ever did. And then next, you know, three weeks later, they're all at the condo with me and they're spending time with us and we're all one big happy family, but it gave me time to think. It gave me time to think. It gave me time to get centered and to really believe in myself that I could do this, that I could help people, that I could help myself. Um, and it was just go time. After that, I was like, I'm ready. I'm back. Let's go. Let's, you know, let's do what we do. And um, there's a lot of people out there who need us, even if it's just a voice of reassurance for mental health, for use women's support, for relationship, for business. We've got this. Yeah. And um, it, it was important for me to do that because, again, I go back to other life challenges that I've had, that I've had a moment to be still and, you know, talk to myself. It really helped me. And, you know, here we are 13 months later. We've made it. We had a record-breaking year. This real estate industry is stronger than ever, um, you know, and we're still around. We're still around and we have no plans on, you know, going away. So you stuck with me. <laughs> One of the things I've noticed about great leaders and great entrepreneurs is that they consistently give themselves the time they need to think through things and the time that they need to strategize through things. Why do you think that is? I mean, we're humans. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're not robots. We need to give ourselves grace. You know, we need that whiteboard space in our brain. We need to be able to just, just have fun reimagining the world. But before we could do so, like, we got to find that kid inside of us. We got to remember why we're doing this. We got to like have fun with it. And, you know, sometimes remember why we started in the first place. Um, and I think that for me, whenever I do that, no matter what dark space I'm in, no matter how much trauma I may have gone through, um, you know, it gives me permission to connect with me, with the person I am, because, you know, we're taught that as great leaders, we don't show our emotions. We don't get, you know, careless. And, you know, I've been on both sides of that, where I've been careless, where I've shown my emotions and when I haven't, and obviously the outcome when I don't show it. You know, it's oftentimes a lot, you know, a lot more, I would say it's more pleasant, but you know, I also know that it's okay to be vulnerable and let people know like, Hey, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. I'm trying to figure it out. We make mistakes. And that's always been my superpower. But sometimes when I just sit and talk to myself and just get really clear and pet myself up and, and give myself permission to cry, to write, to walk, to admit that I'm confused, to phone a friend and be like, I'm a hot mess today. Um, it really, it really grounds me. And it reminds me that I'm just, I'm just someone out here trying to figure it out. It humbles me. Um, and I, I appreciate those moments. It's, it's really healthy for me. But I also remind myself, like, you are so worthy. You are so capable. You are so, you know, destined for greatness. And, you know, I, I have a lot of, you know, I've done a lot of mindset work, being that we're talking about mindset. And, um, you know, I have a really great circle of people, like, that always, you know, cheer each other on. And, um, and even when I don't have them, I have them with, within me that I just... 
I could literally just talk to myself in the mirror and get out of my funk because I have learned to love myself enough to help myself get out of get out of those dark moments. And sometimes it's just, you know, a pep talk. Other times it's, you know, leave me alone for a few days and then I just come back. <laughs> yeah. How important is your circle, like the people that you surround yourself with, you know, especially as a leader, talking about mindset. I mean, how important is it whether you're not doing well in life at all or you're at the top? I mean, how important is the circle of people you surround yourself with? Oh man, it's so important. It is. And, and, you know, I've been around both, right. People who weren't, you know, healthy for me and I didn't realize it at the time. And I, I thought I was the problem and not to say that, you know, they're bad people, but I realized they weren't my people. Right. So therefore we weren't aligned in that. Um, they might be positive for others, but for me, they just weren't um, the right people. Maybe it was because they were negative or they are, maybe they were drowning in their own life. And no matter how much I tried to lift them up or vice versa. Um, but it's so important. Like my circle is so, um, they're just, they're food for my soul. Like they, they literally, we have a group chat that we give, you know, gratitude every morning and we, you know, remind each other that we are, you know, capable of having the most amazing life. Um, you know, I, I've, my, my entire circle pretty much has changed other than like a core group of five people. Um, and those people have grown with me into some of the new circles that I'm in and you know other people in the past have been like why do you meet new people like why do we have to change our circle well this group of people have grown with me and they're clapping for me and then there's opportunities for them and not just in business but they've become friends and I see them go to dinner and I see them you know lifting each other up and I've always been a connector and I always love connecting people listen I've connected people who today are my worst enemies and they're all best friends too so like that's the type of like connection that I I have and I don't say that in a bad way I just want to be transparent um, but it makes me happy to know that I've been able to connect people and those people have been able to find a commonality bring joy to each other's lives and everyone I have in my life today brings me pure joy I mean from you know just checking in on you and having that girlfriend group who's clapping for you to the people who just inspire you others who hold you accountable and give you the tough love but it's pure joy and i know what it feels like to be in a circle where you kind of feel like it feels like a little ambiguous and you're like is that person clapping for me or not <laughs> like everyone in my circle now i mean it took me 42 years to get here um everyone now but i think it's because i'm more aware i'm i am aware i am also you know very in tune with what's important to me so if someone's not in my circle it's on purpose it's by design because you know i'll be cool with you i'll send you love i'll say hi um but i'm just not willing to compromise my joy for anyone that you just kind of notice is like mm, nah he's just not gonna it's, it's just not the right fit and before i used to be like i want to make everybody happy that was me before i was like hey i want to just make every single person that i come into contact happy and what i was doing is i was harming myself mm -hmm. and um 
you know, now I'm very protective of my space. Um, like we could be cool, yeah. but we're, we, we're, we're not going to be close. So now it's, it's really important for me to protect that space and know that if we get that close to me, it's because you bring joy to my life. And that's important to me. How important they, is it to, if, like if somebody's listening to this, how important would you say it is for somebody that's like, man, I got some of those people in my life that are questionable right now. Like, it's, it's hard, right? I mean, it's hard to A, recognize it, and then B, it's hard to, you know, take action on it because it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to cut somebody out of my life. How do I do that? What's going on? But how important is it to protect your energy uh, when, when, you're, when you're growing and you're trying to get to the next level and you're, you know, really accelerating? It, it can be difficult to cope with the fact that there's seasonalities of life and there's seasonalities of people that aren't going to belong in the next it is super hard and I don't want people to think that I say it and it was easy like I literally cried <laughs> myself to sleep over people and it's like a breakup or a divorce or you know someone that you've probably told deep secrets to and you know that you know that person is no longer going to be in your life um, but sometimes it's necessary and it's, it's healthy for both parties um, for me um, no matter how hard it's been, I always give gratitude to them being in my life for the good times that we had. Um, you know, I've learned to let go and I had to, before I used to be like, oh no, 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 no. That's my nemesis. Now I'm like, you know what? They played a season in my life. They're not my people. We're not each other's people anymore. And, you know, I just let it be. Um, but I always give gratitude to the mo for the moments that we had. But I realized I'm healthier, they're healthier, and we've, we've walked away from each other. Mm -hmm. um, and here's the part, hard, hard part about it. A lot of times it's family. Sometimes it's even family that, you know, you just know that it's a toxic relationship and it's not the healthiest, you know, relationship for, for everyone involved. And, you know, I've had to do that where I'm like, I keep you out of bay. I'm always going to pray for you. I love you, but we're just not aligned, right? And that's mm -hmm. happened to us. My husband and I had to make those decisions a couple times. Um, and it's hard, but we, so you sad. know, we know that it wasn't that we don't love them. It's not it just, you know, we're human beings and human beings don't always get along or agree with certain things. And, you know, also me being a woman who is probably a little unconventional. You know, I'm not the mother who's domesticated. I'm not the wife who's domesticated. I've had people in my own family, you know, shun me and make me feel mom guilt or, you know, make me feel like, you know, the business sense of side of me is, is too much. You know, like, I don't know when to stop. And, you know, just the whole shame of that. I was like, you know what, this is who I am. And I'm not going to sit around and talk about crock pot recipes with you. Um, we really don't have anything in common. I'm not sitting around deciding what day of the week, you know, we're going to have tea. And it's not to offend anyone. It's just not my tribe. It's not my vibe. And it's okay. Now you get me to a conference and you talk to me about how we could strategize business. You know, I'm, I'm lit up, right? Because that's, that's what makes me excited. Um, or reimagining the future or vacations or this. And, you know, I realized that I wasn't everyone's cup of tea either. And then also then I realized 
there were other aspects of life that we just didn't align with that non-family too, you know, that people, people change. Um, but the healthiest thing I ever did was take action on that and say, you know yeah. what? Um, and it wasn't me. It was someone who did it to me. And then I was like, people do that. <laughs> people cut people off. Like if they disagree on something. So see, I'm the type of person I'd always, we willing to talk things through, but then I was, I realized, oh my God, they did me a favor yeah. because there was a lack of alignment. You know, if I have to constantly remind people that they could do better, that they should strive for more, that, you know, life, you know, is, is, is just a beautiful journey that we're not meant to be complacent, at least in my world. Um, and then that was intense for them. And then their lack of action was bothering me. I was like, I just realized we weren't aligned. So they actually did me a favor. So like, I, I want to thank them because they actually taught me that I could do that too. But because I was always the people pleaser, I would never do that until someone did it to me and I was like, oh shit, I was like, thank you. I was like, I need to do that. And then I just started saying, you know what? I'm good, next. You know what? We're not aligned, next. You know what? I don't agree with that. I don't think we can vibe together. It's nothing personal. We're just gonna go ahead and call this quits. And you know what? That block button became real easy. That block, 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 you know what? And it wasn't trying to be ugly. It was like, if you are a distraction to my life and my energy, it got to go. And I called one of my coaches one day and I was like, hey, I think there's someone that I really know, they don't like me or they're not clapping for me, but it's very like ambiguous. And I just don't know what to do because I thought this person was a friend. Like I've like cried for this person. I've loved on this person. I've helped this person. She's like, cut it. If it's a distraction, you are on a mission for XYZ, Veronica. You do not need distractions. Let's go. You know what you got to do. And it felt like freedom. So you're going to laugh. If you looked at my Facebook group, as far as the amount of people I've blocked, that it's kind of embarrassing. But if it's anyone that has a who's a distraction, who's negative, who is just someone that's a troll or something like that, I'm like, whoo, freedom. Let's go. I'm checking them off like, you know, like, I think people like a game. Underestimate, like, people just underestimate how powerful it is. How, how um, what's the word? I don't know if it's invigorating or free. Like there's so many different words to describe it, but I am insanely protective of my energy. What I will get upset about, what I will not get upset about, who I will talk to, how I won't talk to. And I've faced a ton of criticism from family, uh, even the people closest to me in my life. Why would you do that? That's judgmental. That's this, that's this, that's this, with all these categorizations. And typically, I probably don't spend enough time explaining it. But it's like, I just, I'm not going to give my energy to something that I don't. I, I, I only get so much time on this one. Maybe 100 years, but 100 years for most 100-year-olds that I've met, it's not enough time. Like, it's, everybody wants more of it. So it's like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to give my energy to that. I think that I'm going to move on to another day. You know, or I don't think I'm going to expand my circle I'm not going to do those types of things and I think people you know on the outside don't really understand it like what is this why is this happening what's going on this person's a jerk but uh, it's been so impactful to really reserve my energy for the things that I'm passionate about the things I care about the things I prioritize people really underestimate what it means giving your energy to something that is it's just something you shouldn't be giving your energy to and from a leadership standpoint um being able to manage your emotions is one of the number one things that you can do. And it's hard to do that when you're giving your emotions to people freely. Uh, yeah, it's crazy.
I will tell you the freedom that I got when I stopped worrying about what other people would think um, gave me a whole compl a completely different outlook of life. And that's when I started really living um, my true purpose and not worrying about like, oh my God, is my success going to offend people? Should I, should I limit my growth? Should I not make this decision because of what other people were going to think? And I just had an epiphany and I just said, I'm going for it. I am done and I don't care who or what gets in the way. And I feel like I came back to life. Today I stopped worrying about what other people thought. I love you so much because there's so many people that are sitting there contemplating that same thought. Is, is my success going to offend people? And there's so many people that are held back right now because they want to achieve something, but they don't want to leave maybe the person they are, the people they're around to do it. And it's holding so many people back. I yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and it goes both ways. Like I've always thought if I'm holding someone back, I give them permission to to fly and of course it always hurts or whatever the case might be if you felt like you failed them but you know I always say most of the people who are in business with me either go off to do great things so I'm just glad that I played a small role in their success and I look at it as like I'm proud of them no matter what whether they're with us whether they're not with us because I hope that they're successful. I mean, if they're not successful, that's a reflection of me. So I hope that they are. <laughs> and, um, you know, I say the one constant of my business is me. You know, I'm the CEO of my company and I'm the, you know, I mean, although my, my business has grown way beyond me and, and thank God I have an amazing team that they're way more important than me. Um, but I will say people leave and I know I always have to stay the visionary and stay focused on my business um, and people are like, so-and-so left, oh my God. I'm like, hey, we're ready for the future. Let's go, let's get it. Like, you know, like, you know, like yeah. we, we are always focused on the future. We're never looking back, you know, and we're excited was, about what they're gonna do and what we're gonna do. I was in Gary Vaynerchuk's office in New York and on the, on the wall, it was massive billboard style sign that said, change is our superpower. And yep. as an entrepreneur or a leader of any form, if you can understand that change really is superhuman, it makes you feel superhuman. Like the ability to become that chameleon and adapt to any situation and move and pivot and adjust, it, it really is a superpower. It, it will, will take you places. And I think that so many people in so many different industries struggle with subtle changes and allow them to have these massive impacts on their business. Sometimes it's people moving on Sometimes it's markets adjusting. Sometimes it's COVID. Like sometimes it's these freak things that happen. But yeah. change really is a superpower if you can learn to adapt to it quickly. And it sounds like what you were talking about in your up upbringing, you were always prepared to pivot no matter what. You could just oh my gosh, yeah. Change is, <laughs> change is like, it's so much fun. And the word change is in the word challenge. And it's always a challenge, but I'm always up for a challenge. And, you know, there's good change and, and change isn't a bad thing. And I always know when I'm walking into something that might disrupt my, my business or my life, that I'm prepared to know that, you know, not everyone's willing to ride through that change with you. And that's okay. You know, they're going to go through their own journey. And um, I started giving myself permission to know that I don't have to own their journey. I have to just own mine and do the best thing I can do. And as long as I can go to bed at night, knowing that I was transparent, that I was honest, that I was, you know, open with them, um, then I feel like I've done my part. And it's, it's always helped me 
as I've grown and as I continue to grow, because, you know, Grant, this is a, this is not a destination. We're on a journey together. And, um, you know, I'm on this, you know, journey of self-discovery and personal development and spirituality. And, um, you know, I, I give thanks every single day to all the mentors who have guided me and God and the universe, whatever you believe in, I believe in multi things. So, I mean, I'm not for everyone either there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just- Entrepreneurship is a very spiritual endeavor. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. without question one of the most spiritual things that you can do, I feel like. It is, and I love it. And I think that's why I've been an entrepreneur for so many years. And, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a kid in this, you know, world of real estate, entrepreneurship, tech, you know, world uh, that I'm just now getting started. Like, I feel like the last three and a half, four or five years has just been the beginning. The first phase of my business was just understanding the grit and the grind of real estate. Now I feel like I'm now able to really see clear and just understand why I'm here. What does it take or what has it taken you to consistently perform at the highest levels? I mean, you've gotten to a point where you're, you're producing just level 10 at all times and a number of different things. What does it take to do that consistently? You know, um, I don't know if I have the correct answer, but I have my answer. I'm looking for your answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's, it's I, I just, I'm energized. I'm excited about this business and I feel like I haven't even reached level 10. You believe I've reached level 10. I believe I'm operating at a three or a four. You know, so I still feel like I have so much to give, so much to do. You know, my coach teaches us that our excellence is the majority's, you know, our average is the majority of people's excellence, Mm. right? So here I am thinking I'm performing subpar, yet other people are saying, wow, you're doing so much. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I feel like I haven't done enough because that imposter syndrome's in and you're like, I can do more, but it's not doing more for you know, for people's approval. It's more like it it just lights my soul on fire. I love what I do. I want to constantly push myself to be better. And I just happen to have a platform that's, you know, the business that I do that excites me and pushes me to want to continuously like navigate through it. And and how do we reimagine what this will look like? And I want to be a part of it for the rest of my life Mm. um, as long as I can. Was your version of average today your version of excellence three, four, five years ago? Probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I never would have thought. And, you know, in 2014, I went through a really dark time of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And hindsight, you know, like, oh, God, it's crazy. I might get emotional. Um, you, You know, I just had a surgery um it was a corrective surgery to a surgery i had in 2014 i almost died in 2014 so i had to take some action on my health um and then i had a moment to just journal in in a new year's day uh new year's eve 2014 and i would just write and reimagine what i felt i wanted my life to look like and i talked about collaboration i talked about i didn't want to work in this industry anymore it was just so toxic it's a doggy dog dog eat dog world Um, and I just said, I am not 
living in my truth. I want to not be like that. I want to be giving, abundant, help others. And I want to grow to measures that I never imagined. You know, I think at that time, maybe I was selling a hundred homes a year uh, with a small team, you know, maybe selling 150 homes a year was going to be, and I think we were selling more than that, but I was still in production doing about 95 homes with an assistant. Then, you know, everyone else was just kind of adding on to that, but we really never broke, I think 200, but I said, why do I have to have a limit? And I just started writing and writing and the type of life I wanted a life by design, et cetera. And um, I just, Literally, and my friend who helped me with the exercise, she says, I want you to reimagine what you feel this life could look like. And no, there's, you know, there's no rules, like completely reimagine this. Um, and don't like, you know, don't hold back. And I did. And I still have that notebook, by the way. I actually want to bring it out. Um, and it was everything I'm living today. But between 2014 to 2021, there were a lot of phases that look like, oh, that, that's just, you know, like, that's too far-fetched. You know, that's too far-fetched. There's no way I'm going to do that. There's no way I can do that. And then, you know, just again, having the right people around you were like, why can't it be? Like, and I just started working on that muscle and working on that exercise. And like, you're right, it can be. So all the things that seemed impossible started to just become possible because I started telling myself that they were possible. So I was operating, you know, at what I thought was excellence back then, which is now average because I was like definitely not doing all the things I'm doing today mm -hmm. uh, because it wasn't normal. You know, even five years ago, six years ago, all the things we're doing today were not normal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got, I have this here on my desk, um, a thousand plus transactions this year in 2021. Um, actually, our goal is 1375. Never in my mind did I think I would sell, you know, a thousand homes, let alone 1375 homes. But now to me, nothing is impossible because I just know if I'm willing to take the action and I'm willing to be around the right people and I'm willing to be super crystal clear as to what I want, we can reverse engineer, we can make anything happen. And that was the key. Like back then I still had limiting beliefs, but I was still a top producer, but I was a top producer based on what the industry had taught me to be um, with limited beliefs with, you know, again, competitive spirits. And it was just all the wrong, to me, the wrong formula to my success. Now it's completely different. Producing at a high level like that, I think a lot of people think of it as an event, like, selling 1,300 homes in a year. Like some people I think mentally just look at that like that's one big event that takes place. And it's like, well, <laughs> 1,300 individual transactions that take place and, and that compounds to you know, 1,300 plus. Over the last six, seven years, has your mindset, how has it evolved from maybe looking more so at the small things that compound over time as opposed to, success is one big overall event. Have you ever thought like that? I mean, can you walk me through your thinking there? Yeah. So three years ago, three and a half years ago, I hired my coach and he taught me obviously micro commitments. And, you know, we were just taking bite-sized little micro commitments and, you know, it's the right people, it's hiring the right people, it's making sure implementing the right systems. 
And here I am. I'm just a girl with a big heart, with a big mouth, you know, big personality, just wanting to sell a house and, you know, help people and share some of the business I've grown. Like, why are you talking to me like this? And then hiring the right people, who's going to come work for me? So I had a limited belief that I could only hire to the capacity or to the mindset that I had. And, you know, I was part of the problem. So when I started realizing that I was worthy of being in business with really smart people, never in my mind, in my world, did I think I would have a data architect on my team, did I think I've had an attorney on my team, did I think I would have one of the most renowned sales trainers that came from the timeshare industry, um, an elite digital marketer that came from a really prestigious real estate company. And uh, now I look back, I'm like, that's what we were working towards to, you know, position ourselves to create opportunities to bring talent. And that talent allowed me to continue to reimagine and have the vision um, to, to grow what we've grown into. So it was just like, all of this is a, is a byproduct to all the decisions that we made with the right mindset and starting to realize, okay, like stop thinking about success as being this big monster, you know, have a successful week, have a successful month, you know, take bite size, make someone's day, Build a community that people are just happy to show up today to, and you know, and just be grateful for that. And then if they're happy, they're gonna help you because happy people do good business, and those happy people will help you attract other happy people. And like, just work on that. You know, work on being happy, creating a culture that's happy, creating a culture that is not afraid to dream big. That's one of my big mantras to dream, motivate, and inspire. And the rest, we'll figure it out, you know, like whatever. And you know what? Lawyers, really smart people, they want community. They want a leader who's not afraid to dream. They, you know, and I used to say, I'm, you know, I'm not the smartest person in the room and smart people won't come work for me. And then, you know, I had to remind myself, no, you are smart. Smart people do want to work with you because they want to work with someone who's crazy like you. <laughs> you know, and sometimes smart people need that push, you know, and um, it just happened. And next thing you know, it's like 300 homes, 400 homes, 500 homes, 600 homes, 700 homes, you know, for going into listing appointments where it was going to be with a mass acquisition company or a company that, you know, you're not just a big mouth talking on stage or someone who's saying, oh, yeah, we run a team. You could actually put your money where your mouth is. Well, Wall Street is actually betting on you. And saying, hey, you're like that boots on the ground type of person. Um, you know, we, we really want to get to know you. Like, what if we gave you this project? Could you execute? And I was like, you know, a lot of times people say she's not in production anymore. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I go on listing appointments that are the hardest listing appointments I could ever get, which is working with top producers to, you know, join us or working with big conglomerates to trust us with their biggest assets. So tell me about a listing appointment where you got to ask for them to give you, you know, 1500 homes. Like that's a listing appointment to me. I just do it in a completely different mindset, you know? So, yeah. you know, for, at scale, right? But for me, it started off with just believing I could in those little micro bite size commitments. And, you know, uh, you know, going back to when I said in 2014, what I was reimagining, I'm living that all of that now. You know, I, I, I always go back to that moment to remember what it felt like to, to reimagine that here we are today now living it and it's been a blessing. And, and then that commitment, what happened was, Hey, I just got committed to 
falling in love with the process, falling in love with the process, not the outcome of success, the journey of success, the journey of being, you know, uh, someone who's not afraid to go after their dreams. And, you know, you can touch a lot of lives when you do that. Last question. I've heard you mention it multiple times. How important has having a coach been to your success? Oh man. I mean, I, I have a coach that I have multiple coaches, by the way, I have a a coach for my business. Sometimes I think he's my therapist. Um, (laughs) I have a, a coach for women in leadership. She's amazing. She's like my spiritual coach as well. I have a video coach. Um, you know, I think like any athlete, you always need someone who is, you know, just there for you, who can, you know, look at things without an emotional connection and just realize like, you know, they're keeping you focused. Um, they work with other top performing agents and leaders and CEOs, and they remind us that it's okay to sometimes not have all the answers and you know, it, it's, it's such a blessing, but you, you know, I realized Grant, I wasn't coachable for the first few years that I did have coaches. So I had coaches ever since probably around 2013, 14 on and off, but I wasn't coachable. So the first time I gave myself permission to be coachable was in 2017. And, um, it was the first time my husband and I agreed on the same coach and it was John Cheplak, and he absolutely you know, just blew us, blew my mind. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know if we could afford them. And my husband said, I don't care what you got to do. You, you gotta be able to figure it out because this is the person that I think you need. And, um, we did it. And here we are going on four years of coaching. Um, it's changed my life. Anybody that knows me is kind of seen me in the industry probably has seen a lot of the change and the growth too. Um, it's so important to me, whether it's my coach, whatever coach is your jam, you know, the first thing you have to do is be coachable. And, um, the first six months I thought I was going to get fired. I was like, <laughs> you know, I went in there with this mindset cause I was already growing in business. I was like, you know, I'm a top producer and I, this, and I do that. And I do this, I'm an innovator, this, this, and this and that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that shit matters to me. And, um, we just started, talking about really what mattered the most and being that this is, you know, obviously this podcast is about mindset and, you know, wisdom. Um, the first thing John did was he had me read the shadow effect and he started working on my mindset and taking action on the personal BS that I had ignored. And that was showing up in my business, whether I wanted to admit it or not. So we had hit a lid, we had hit a ceiling in my business and I couldn't push through it because I had to really take ownership for what was going on in my life. And so for any of those relationships that maybe ended the wrong way, I have to take ownership for that. For any of the things that went wrong in my business, I had to. So I wanted to blame everyone else. And John coached me on taking personal responsibility as a leader. So for me, coaching is so important. And, and that's how I lead now. I always say into my leadership team, I said, if something goes wrong, it's our fault. What can we do to get better? What can we do to have changed that, to improve, to push towards excellence? And, you know, of course, sometimes people aren't your people and, you know, you make mistakes, but um, you have to own the fact that you chose them. 
So coaching for me is just so important. And then what I do now is the coaching that I receive. I also um, share that with my team, my leadership team. So all of everyone on my leadership team has access to my coach, getting ready to up the amount of times we coach with him so that he can really have an on-hand approach with my leadership team since we're growing. My team is 70 plus. I don't even know how many of us now. Um, so it, it's so important to me because, you know, it gives you such a different perspective and you need someone in your life to hold you accountable and tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, not always clapping for you, not always telling you that what you did was great to really kick you in the teeth sometimes and tell you, you know, like, all right, like you want to hear the truth or you want to hear what you want to hear. <laughs> and I'm always like, tell me the truth and what I'm not doing and you know, and the thing, what I also love about coaching is that, you know, it, it's like everything else. It's a process. Like what I sound like, what I sounded like three years ago is completely different than today because the conversations are different because I've changed, mm. you know, I've changed. I'm a lot more mature and um, a lot of that comes from the coaching. So if anybody's looking for, you know, uh, coaching, I will say this, you know, become coachable, get ready in your mindset be ready to work on you um, and, you know, pick a coach that is, is willing to hold you accountable. Um, it's so good for your business. And I, even in your personal life, um, it, it's, it, it pours in. And I think the biggest gift that coaching has done for me is it's helped me become a better human being, a better person. And it just pours into everything else in my life. Better daughter, better mother, better friend, better wife, better business owner, which ultimately in that order, I want that to, to play out. So uh, yeah, it's been a blessing. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it, it makes an impact in someone who's listening to this, if they're on the fence of whether coaching is important, that, you know, it helps them. I love it. I think uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is entrepreneurship. First, you build yourself and then you build a business. And typically, a business gets built as a byproduct of you going out there and, and, and really focusing on growing yourself. Um, yep. I've worked with John and uh, you know, he, he really helped transform my mindset and I've worked with other coaches. And uh, recently, um, you know, we're growing as a company, which is awesome. And uh, she said to me, she said, well, it sounds like we are where we started about 18 months ago and, and you're still your biggest hurdle. <laughs> the biggest oh, yeah. You've got to overcome. And uh, I think you got to understand that, you know, you're a work in progress, but if you can commit to it and commit to making adjustments and changes and optimizing the way you do things and, and, and just all of it, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you can commit to, to those types of things, it's, it's so incredible what can happen in your life, uh, especially when you've got somebody pointing, saying you did that wrong. Let's adjust and tweak and, and let's try again. And it's just, it's really powerful without question. Yeah, I think two areas of my life that I think really made an impact was what did I learn about myself during that mm -hmm. process, which allowed me to self-reflect. And then also, you know, the magic and the power and the freedom when you get out of your own way, mm -hmm. you know, because oftentimes we are that hurdle. We are the ones who are in our own way. So, you know, anyone who's looking to really elevate their mindset, you know, when you can look back on all the things that have happened to you, what do you learn about yourself? And what could you have done differently to make the outcome a better outcome? Um, and, you know, that will give you a lot of clarity in yeah. some of the decisions you'll make in business and in personal. So I hope that's helpful. 
Oh, it's immensely helpful. Veronica, there was so much wisdom here. I thank you so oh. much for being on the show. I had an absolute blast. I learned so much from you today and I know anybody else listening to this uh, is going to feel the same way. So thank you again uh, for being on the show. I appreciate it so much. Oh my gosh. Anytime. Thank you for thinking of me. I'm so proud of you and it's been an honor to be here. I love it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Words of Wisdom. This is a show designed to inspire you to become a better leader so that you can win in all areas of your life. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Please rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget, go off and share your favorite words of wisdom from today's show.